Who cares if he's a kook? Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Horton Hears a Who, by Dr. Seuss, published by Random House. Horton Hears a Who follows an elephant in a jungle called Newell. He happens to hear something coming from a speck floating by. He has blind faith, believing that there's something living on it. This pisses off the other jungle creatures, and they try to lock up Horton and destroy the speck. There was a movie made based off this book in 2008, starring Jim Carrey and Steve Carell. Will this book be better than the movie? Grab your DVD copy, and let's find out. The tome opens on an elephant named Horton, and he's bathing. When all of a sudden, Horton hears a faint sound. Horton stops what he's doing and doesn't see anything around him, but a small speck floating by. I'd be up out that bitch, if I was alone bathing and heard noises. Well, Horton keeps hearing the faint yelling, and surmises that there has to be a person or people living on the speck. They just happen to be too small for him to see. That would have been the first thing I thought, too. I wouldn't have checked the bushes or anything. Horton felt bad for them. He thought, quote, Some poor little person who's shaking with fear that'll blow in the pool. He has no way to steer. End quote. So Horton makes the decision to carefully put the speck on a clover. He looks like me trying to build a model. Only I get the shakes and give up after about 15 seconds. Out of nowhere, a kangaroo comes up with her joey. They call her Sour. I wonder why. Has she or her Joey been cutting one? Well, she starts telling Horton it's impossible that something's living on the speck. Hater's gonna hate. Horton sticks up for himself and the speck and kindly asks the kangaroos not to disturb it. And what do they do? They jump into the pool of water and start splashing around like they're at a water park playing greased up watermelon. So Horton leaves with the speck on the clover because he's made it his mission to protect this thing. Like a child finding a wild animal wanting to make it his pet. It'll last about a day. Horton gets a chance to stop and rest for a bit and learns there's a whole town on the speck called Whoville and he meets the mayor. This is the first time in any Dr. Seuss book that he makes a reference to Whoville. No one knows if it's the same Whoville that's in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, because there are differences in the descriptions, but I like to think it is. The story then states, quote, But just as he spoke to the mayor of the speck, three big jungle monkeys climbed up Horton's neck. The Wickersham brothers came shouting, What rot? This elephant's talking to who's who are not. End quote. They steal the clover with the speck, and they give it to an eagle named Vlad Vlad Ikoff, starting a game of keep away. And the eagle takes the clover with Horton chasing through the night, and dumps the clover into a field of clovers so Horton can't find the speck. Game over, right? Wrong. Nothing stops this elephant. Horton Half Dead picks the whole field of clovers looking for the speck. I don't know if that's very efficient, or worth it. 
destroying miles of land to find a speck that's talking to him. Doesn't seem very eco-friendly. Also, here's a thought. If Horton can't find it, maybe no one else will find the speck. It's probably the safest it will be hidden in a field of clovers. But instead, Horton finally finds the speck with the field destroyed. I guess his scorched earth policy worked. Horton can't get a moment of rest, because as soon as he finds it, the sour kangaroos show up with the whole Wickersham family. And it's a big family. It looks like a southern family reunion, and all the cousins are there. They have rope, and they're going to tie up and cage Horton, and then throw the speck into boiling bezel nut oil. Kinky. Because they're going to put an end to Horton's charades once and for all. Why are they so upset about what Horton does in his free time? If he wants to act like a crazy person and talk to a bunch of pollen, let him. Are they afraid that if someone sees him, they might assume everyone in their neck of the woods is a kook? Well, Horton, like a bad announcer at a basketball game, tells the mayor to make some noise. Because if he wants to survive, they're going to have to make a lot of noise so that everyone can hear them and know that they exist. So the mayor gets the whole town to start making a bunch of clatter. But still, only Horton can hear them. So the mayor runs from house to house, making sure everyone was doing their part. And it seemed like everyone was. Until he got to an apartment, where a little boy named Jojo was standing there with his yo-yo, not making a sound. Just being a little dickhead because he's too cool with his yo-yo for that. So the mayor yanked the boy outside with him and went to the top of a tower, holding the boy out over the edge. And everyone made noise, including that little boy. Not too cool now. And with the little boy making noise, it's enough to put them over the top. The kangaroos and the monkeys all heard the noise coming from the speck. And the story comes to an end with everyone stopping what they're doing and all of the noise. And the kangaroos promise to help Horton protect the speck. I wouldn't trust those two as far as I can throw them. They can take their sour asses home. There are a few great morals that can be extracted from this story. One about how you may think you yourself are insignificant, or someone else is. But no matter the size of the person, they can make a profound effect on someone's world. The story also has some pro-democracy and voting undertones, letting the reader know to make sure they are heard. And your vote and your voice are significant whether you think so or not. Case in point, Jojo the boy who put the Who's noisemaking over the top. Another nuance in this tome is about believing in something even though you or others can't see it. Yep, this book is packed full of morals. Is this book better than the movie? I'm normally a movie is always better than the book, man. But this tome is a good one, and I would say it edges out the movie. Dr. Seuss's writing was great, and shows off why his writing is the standard for children's books. With his smooth-flowing rhymes, and his comedy is always good for a smile. I will say this is the longest book we have read here, and the readers should set aside at least three days for this one. But again, the doctor's writing is good enough to get away with it. His pictures were great, varying in perspective and colors. The illustrations were certain to spark the reader's imagination. 
My only knock would have been, I would have liked even more color. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm going to give this book a 4. I'll have the full bird. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.